My personal journey, I feel, was like most. We go to college and we're like, okay, I'm gonna get married, and of course, that's just the next step. People didn't talk about singleness being a positive thing, that it was an empowering thing. I wish that I had had adults in my life back then that would have told me, you don't have to be married to have a fulfilling, awesome life. friends, welcome to the Adventuring Solo podcast where Angie and I talk about the adventures of living life as a single. We both had a significant season of singleness as young adults, which has given both of us a passion for highlighting the amazing things about living solo. We also aim to provide resources and topics that pertain to all areas of singleness. So join us today as we talk about all things pertaining to solo living. If you have been enjoying what we are doing here at Adventuring Solo, we would love for you to help us out by popping onto your favorite listening app and giving us a rating and review. The more we get of those, the more our podcast will be seen by others who could need encouragement in their own journey of singleness. We would really appreciate it if you could do that for us. Okay, so Angie, I have a story for you. Yes. So I was thinking the other day about this old date that I went on when I was, I don't know, in my early 20s when I was living in Branson. Um, You know, there is this place called Dixie Stampede. Yeah. Technically Dolly Parton Stampede now. Yes. 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 So listeners, for those of you who don't know what Dixie Stampede is, it's kind of like a um, medieval times. So it's like got a big arena and they've got horses and a show like music and singing and dancing and all of these things. And you eat dinner while you are watching the show. So I got asked on a date to go there. It was actually a setup by a couple of married friends of mine and they just really felt like I needed to meet this guy. Yeah. And so we went on a double date with them. Okay. So we got to the place and we get our food. And Angie, I start sneezing like so badly. Like I could not stop sneezing the entire uh-huh. time. Like I've got the stuff coming out of my nose. My eyes are red Super and itchy. Super awkward. It was so awkward. And I could tell that this guy was like, he was trying, but like any possible chemistry that could yeah. have been there was yeah. being totally like squelched by yes. Yes. my sneezing. Yeah. And I was so embarrassed. And like the more I totally. sneezed, the more awkward I felt. Oh, yeah. Well, fast forward to about two weeks ago, I. I have been sick for like two months now, like just with this cough going on and I've tested for COVID and it wasn't COVID. And so finally I go to a sinus and allergy um, doctor and they test me for like all kinds of allergens and sure enough, it comes up. I'm allergic to horses and (laughs) It was like in that moment, I just busted out laughing with the nurse and she was like, what? I said, 
This makes so much sense. That is why I was sneezing the entire time through that day. I was so allergic to all the horse hair that was like being blown up into the air that day. So that's awesome. Friends, if you're ever going to go to a show with animals, I just recommend finding out if you're allergic to the animals, because if you're going on a date, it could turn out really badly. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to share Love that it. embarrassing moment great, with you. Great story. Um, thanks. So makes sense. Makes sense now. Oh man, I was I was yeah. embarrassed. He was cute too. Yeah. Oh yeah. It wasn't Actually, meant to I be. Told, I told I know I told Scott that story and he was like, "Thank goodness." I know it was a divine intervention. You are not supposed to have any chemistry with that guy. I know. Yeah. Okay, so. Before we begin with our topic today, I wanted to read a question from a listener named Krista Gore. The question was pertaining to episode 11, where we discussed the topic of how friendships can be affected when a a friend's relationship status changes. So the question asked was, I loved your most recent episode. I thought the tools that you gave and the insight was fabulous. I would personally love more advice about reconnecting with friends who are single while I am married with children. I've recently tried connecting with some of my very best college friends and have loved having them in my life again, but it does feel like we are in two different places. How do I go about inviting them in or making it clear that I would love to be a part of their life and be invited to do things without my kids and spouse? I'm finally finding myself again post kiddos, and I want some of that adventuring too. And other moms my age have a hard time stepping away. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a great question. Yeah, um, love it. What, how would you answer that, Angie? Well, I think what's so key there is that she really understands what she's wanting, right? She's really grasping this desire of like, hey, I want friendships, and I'm great with single friendships. How do I do that? And I think what's so powerful, Yvonne, is being able to actually share your desires with your people and mm-hmm. be open and honest. Um, often we're afraid of sharing because we're afraid that it won't be received or reciprocated. And I just would say share regardless, right? The worst that could happen is they don't feel the same and that's okay, you know? Yeah. Um, but just being able to say, hey, I'm wanting um, more friendships in my life. This is what I'm looking for. And being real honest with what you're wanting. I'm wanting a girlfriend to come over and to watch shows with me. I'm wanting a a friend to go hiking with. I want to go without my kids sometimes and just being open and honest. And, um, you know, we leave a lot left untold. And I think what really helps is the more communication you can have, the more people can really understand what you're wanting. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that that is really good um, advice, Angie. You know, it's funny, especially um, as a two on the Enneagram, I'm realizing how much, how important it is, even as a married person, to um, communicate my needs and my wants and desires. And it's really cool to be reminded that, like, that is that doesn't just pertain to when you're married. Like, even as in friendship, it's important to communicate like what you want and what you're thinking. Um, so I love that advice. Um, I would say 
Krista and anyone else who is listening, I would say for me, when I was single, the, you know, when I think about my closest friends who were in my wedding, I think all of them were married. Maybe one or two were not. But um, when I think about them, they were the friends that included me in their families and like in their family time. And so like, I specifically think about my friend, Jamie, um, she and her husband work for a ministry there in town and they just were so great about inviting me over after the kids were put into bed or even for dinner. And I would hang out with their family and then, um, I would even help them sometimes with bedtime and yeah. hold their baby while they were putting their older kids to bed. And, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we would make cookies and watch a television show and mm-hmm. she'd breastfeed and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just yeah. like me getting to be a part of their family. Yeah. And it meant so much. Like we would just talk about anything and everything and, you know, I I really took that example and have done the same thing um, yeah. with our family, with friends yeah. of ours, and um, I I know that that means a lot to my single friends who have been invited into our home. So yeah. that would be my advice to our yeah. listeners Thank who you. are married and wanting deeper friendships. Um, and and in, you know, it naturally does turn into like your single friends will start inviting you out so you can get a break um, at home and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's a great question, Krista. Thank you for asking about that. And on that topic, Yvonne, we had somebody else, our friend Caitlin emailed us and shared a great idea with us. Mm -hmm. She said that she thinks that it'd be such a great idea that if you're um, married to have your kids create some fridge art for your single friends and send it in the mail to them. Like what a fun thing to get and a great way Uh to just, um, you know, single women don't have, you know, art plastered all over their their fridge. And as moms with little kids, we have a, you know, tend to have a lot. So another great just tip on how we can continue to connect um, no matter your relationship status, just connection yes. is what I think is so important. So absolutely. I love that. Okay. Well, Yvonne, it's February, so we might as well jump into our topic today. Valentine's day. It's on the horizon. What makes it so hard, right? Like uh, Valentine's day tends to be the time in single people's lives that either there's like this big doom and gloom or it's this uh you know something that's chasing them are you going to have a date for valentine's day are you going to be solo on valentine's day and there just seems to be so much pressure and in my opinion yvonne unneeded pressure right what do you what are your thoughts just about what what makes valentine's day so hard when i think about when I was single. Yeah, Valentine's Day was hard for me. And you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting. For me, it started really early. Okay. Um and I don't know how it was for you growing up, yeah. but the school I went to, which was a public school, yeah. um we we had some groups on 
our school campus that would sell balloons and flowers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, like, it was a great way for those groups or the school to raise money yeah. um, for different things. And I remember, like, as early as fifth grade, feeling that desire and, like, pressure of mm. – is anyone going to get me a balloon? Is anyone yeah. going to get me a flower? Yeah. Um, and how many kind of yeah. thing? Because oh, yeah. it almost felt like a, a, a visible stamp of she is loved. She is mm. wanted. She is desired. And that continued in me for Valentine's Day all the way through high school. Yeah. Um and so it's just interesting because, like, for me, it was even just wrapped up in friendships and in are, are my parents going to send me something so people can know oh, I'm loved? Okay. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 So how that, like, manifested itself later in life was, you know, then I started to equate it to... Um, you know, if I am with someone on Valentine's Day, I definitely wanted to have some kind of um, way of feeling like I belonged or I was mm. sought after. Yeah. Um, whether that was like being taken on a date or mm-hmm. give, being sent flowers. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. So yeah. for me, it was about very much about my value, my significance, yeah, my worth. Um, which I know isn't true for everyone, but that's yeah. very specific to probably my personality. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of messages Avon sent in the world around this time that it can be easy to have those beliefs. You know, uh-huh. like, you know, if, if from a young age you're constantly thinking, oh, you know, I want people to visibly show me their love, you know what I mean? In this external way, like that becomes something you desire and something you feel like you need. Um, And so I think it's just interesting to just be aware of the messages that the world sends, you know, because now Yvonne, when I have, you have your own children, I have my own children. Valentine's Day is totally different now. Like it's, it's more about like creating a culture of love in the home, like, and, you know, making heart shaped pancakes and, you know, it I it doesn't really matter to me if my husband gives me. I'm like, listen, Valentine's Day is not a big deal. Like, take me on a date on February 26th. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's like, I feel it like it's like a that day. yeah. It, I feel like it's a pressure of like to perform on that day for both guys yeah. and girls. It's like, what are you gonna do? Today's that day, and I'm like, no, wait a minute. I love you. You love me. There's no. Like, again, it's unnecessary pressure, you know. So, you know, I what I think is really cool, Yvonne, is like Valentine's Day is absolutely neutral. It's not necessarily positive. It's not necessarily negative, right? But the way that Mm -hmm. someone thinks about it is going to be how they experience it. So maybe Mm -hmm. some of our listeners have had a hard time with Valentine's Day in the past. And maybe this year they want to look at it a little different. Maybe they want to decide how they want to feel about Valentine's Day. And maybe they want it to be about friendship and love and what they want to create with it, right? You know, when I say Valentine is neutral and, 
you know, you get to decide. What do you think would be valuable for our listeners to know about that? Well, I think um, I know what you are saying about it being neutral, but I think that it would be really cool if you shared with our listeners about like specifically you are saying that's a neutral circumstance, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Can you explain, can you flesh that out a little bit more for them? Totally. So everything, whether, um, any certain situation is just a circumstance, but our brain once thinks that circumstances make us feel a certain way. So we, sometimes people are going to believe Valentine's makes me feel something, Right, but it's not Valentine's Day that ma- makes us feel anything. It's what we think about it. So when I say Valentine's Day is an absolutely n- neutral situation or circumstance, it means it's not necessary. You don't have to experience it a certain way. Just like rain, it could be raining. It's a neutral circumstances. Half of the population might say rain, awesome, this is great, and the other half of the population might say, oh, it's raining. It's awful. It's ruined my life. So understanding that Valentine's Day is not the same experience for every human. It's it's whatever each person chooses to make it. Right. That's so good. Yeah. It's how you think about the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that starts now, right? Like the beginning of February, we get to decide like how much space is Valentine's Day going to take up in my brain? And as a single person, you get to decide that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you have taught me too, like how I get to think about what do I want to feel about it and what thoughts will provide, like will cultivate the feeling that I want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, if you're wanting to feel wanted, um, you know, as, as somebody that's single is like, oh, you know what? I, nobody wants me. Nobody, nobody, I'm not important to anybody, right? You're going to, mm-hmm. you might use Valentine's Day as ammunition to find all the reasons and ways that you're not wanted and not important to people. And your mm-hmm. brain might find all the different ways that no one's making you feel special. Mm-hmm. And so that it, you think, oh, you know, Valentine's Day, it's painful, but Valentine's Day doesn't have to be painful. If you want to feel wanted or if you want to feel important, you get to feel that way about yourself. You yeah. get to decide, hey, I'm wanted. I want to be with me. Nobody else has to want to be with me. I want to be with me. Yeah. And we all know that God wants to be with you. God thinks you're important. God desires you. But we have to think about it in that way. Or it's easy just to look externally and try to see what's around us. Yeah. You know, it's cool thinking about this too. I, I think about two of our most recent interviews, one of them being with a widow, a past widow. And then the, our last episode was with a divorcee. Yeah. And, you know, then we've got our friends who are listening that have never been married before. Right. And like how Valentine's Day can hit each of those different areas of totally. singleness differently, right? Yeah, totally. And so I think about, I got together with an old friend of mine this past week who yeah. has been recently widowed over the last six months. And 
she's young too and she's just you know really recovering from that but I think about for her Valentine's Day is going to be hard this first year you know totally yes so what would you how would you advise her in prepping her brain for that day yeah well first off I would say expect there to be sadness expect to process a lot of thoughts that lead you to feeling sad because she's probably going to think about her spouse you know Um, And she's probably going to bring up old memories of Valentine's Day past and love shared. So Mm -hmm. for her to expect that it's going to be there and allow it to be there and allow this Valentine's Day, maybe it's a day of remembrance and of love, but in Mm -hmm. a different way and make it the way she wants it to be. You know, I'm really big, Yvonne, on telling people, asking people to Instead of wasting energy fighting how you feel, take how you feel and realize it's okay, I can feel that, but then where do I want to put my energy into? What do I want to create with this? And so yeah. if, the re- if her reality is widow, loss, you know, Valentine's looks different this year, I would encourage her to decide ahead of time what she wants to put her energy into creating for herself Yeah, and that experience. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I want to encourage all the listeners to really think about what do I want to create this Valentine's Day and put their energy into that and and decide ahead of time how they want to, what they want to do to create the experience and the feelings that they're going to have that day. So if you want to feel included, then what are thoughts that make you feel included? And then how do you act when you're included in things mm-hmm. is a lot different than left out. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, too, because I was just thinking, like, just to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) We'll be really transparent here, listeners. Yes. (laughs) Valentine's Day, because of my past and, like, growing up with that, like, belief of, like, it's so silly. Like, when I'm saying it and thinking about it with you, like, I know that (laughs) it's not true that Valentine's Day, like, means something about me. Right. Right. Um, but it has created conflict at times in the past with my own husband. Yeah, totally. And um so I was just thinking I had actually listened to another life coach that you've recommended to me in the past. In her podcast, she talked about how um she did exactly what you were talking about, like Mm -hmm. how how she could um prep herself uh, to enjoy Valentine's day yeah. yet not expect things out of others. And so yeah. she just like decided I'm going to love myself on Valentine's day. I'm going to get myself a gift because totally. I know that my kids aren't going to remember. Yeah, my husband right. is not good at remembering that. Right, and right. I'm not going to place that expectation on him. Totally. I'm just going to love myself that yeah. day. And totally. so she bought herself a gift and she was happy and (laughs) with it and she felt fine, you know? And, um, I think that that, like, I think that's funny because, you know, we're talking to singles, but really like it's true for anyone. I mean, you could be married and still feel let down. hundred percent. And I think that's really good for singles to know is that it's yeah. not all roses and daisies when you get married. There's still unmet expectations all around. 
Yeah. And so you, you get to like what, what you're wanting. We, like Avon, we live in this world where it's like, we dream that our husbands just magically know all of our wants and desires and know exactly how to meet our needs, quote unquote. Yeah. That's so unfair. You yeah. know what I mean? And then when they don't, we use that against them as opposed to kind of what I was sharing with Krista, like just share your expectations up front. Like this is what I'm wanting. Yes. Yes. Like, hey, That's I'm good. wanting um, or doing it yourself in a way that still, you know, is loving and honoring of your spouse. I mean, but you're like, hey, I don't need you to get me a gift. I can get me a gift. I love it. And I'm going to get yes. you a gift because I want to give you a gift. Yeah. And, you know, I I think about just my own personal um, journey with Valentine's Day and um my my disappointment with my husband was really not about him. It was more no. about the unhealthiness of my own beliefs. Yeah. About yeah. wrapped up around Valentine's right. Day. Because like you said, it's neutral. It's just yeah. a day. It's just, it's just that a day. it's been commercialized so that people can sell a bunch of stuff yes. to us. Yes. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, over time, like I've realized um that like that's work that I need to do on myself. And yeah. so to encourage our single listeners, like this is so good for you to think about now so that yeah. when you are married or engaged or even in a relationship, you're not you're not placing your significance upon yes. being based upon somebody else and totally. what they do. Yeah. Like you are significant whether someone gets you a gift or not. Right. And that's true whether you're married or not. Right. Right? He totally, 100%. So, but I don't think that's what's being sold. You know, that's not the narrative that's being told, right? Like, no. Like, no. we're like, let's get picked and then we'll believe we're important or valuable or significant. Yeah. Right. So, Avon, we've got some listeners that are probably dating right now yeah and they might have expectations for their for you know what um they want their the person that they're dating or they might feel nervous about what you know what should i be doing in this experience if you're the guy and maybe you've seen a girl or whatever um mm -hmm. you know it's it's really important again to just have those discussions and those talks of like hey what are you wanting and if you're someone who wants to take someone out you know being bold and, and asking them out on a date or different mm. things like that. So, you know, Yvonne, when you were single and Valentine's Day was, you know, uh, on the calendar, did you do anything fun for like getting mm. friends together or doing anything? I did. Yeah. I, I, I remember one specifically that sticks out to me. Um, one year I decided to have a party at my house where I actually invited my friends over and we made Valentine's for our loved ones. And yeah. so it was like a bunch of ladies and some of them were married and they spent Valentine's day with me, yeah. <laughs> not their significant other. Yeah. And yeah. we made Valentine's for the people we loved in our life. And yeah. That was that was a really great year because yeah. I one I wasn't alone but also I think I focused my 
my thoughts and my actions upon how to love anyone and everyone in my life. And it wasn't just about romantic love, but it was about love in general. Yeah, totally. I had one of my um, girls that did my group coaching last year. She um, got fun earrings and sent them to all of her single friends as a gift in the mail, just with a cute note saying, I just want to let you know you're loved and important awesome. and cherished and she kind of did what she want wished someone would do to her she sent that to all of her people so I mean just great ideas for you to step out and think about how do you want to show up this Valentine's Day and um what where do you want to put your energy and your effort and again mm-hmm. you get to decide what you create and if you are having a hard time, you know, Avon, we want to encourage people, if you are struggling during Valentine's Day, take a step back like Avon did and like, what are you making Valentine's Day really mean? You know, what, mm. what are you believing about that day? And maybe you're believing it's something to do with you. Um, a lot of times we like to make things mean something about us. So just, um, I encourage people if they're struggling, not to judge themselves, not to, uh, think they should not have any problems being, you know, single at Valentine's Day. And also don't make it harder by thinking you should be fine or you shouldn't be in this place. Or, And then I definitely encourage you, like, if you're someone who struggles at Valentine's Day, don't isolate and buffer. Like, don't isolate and just stay inside and make matters worse. Um, take that, the work that it takes to you know, be with people, connect with people, you know, do something instead of kind of wallowing in your misery and pain. Any other thoughts? No, I love that. Again, if you like this episode um, and you want to share this with your friends, um, you know, we want to encourage you to do that so we can continue to spread the word about the Adventuring Solo podcast and Thank you so much for being here with us today and uh, choose the adventure you're going to create this Valentine's Day. Have a great one. Mm -hmm.